Uh, today is Sunday, February 11th, 2024. And let me begin. You hear a song, that Avinu that and those of you who heard the uh, news this morning, um, the whole civilized world, America, Holland, Britain, uh, Israel shouldn't attack Rafiach because we'll be attacking during Ramadan. And tell me, the Arabs can attack on Shabbat Yom Kippur and Shabbat Simchas Torah Shem Shem Yerachem Oleinu, the double standards in the world. Following up uh, my achievement in reaching the uh, family that owns the Chicago Bulls and thanking them for their visit to Israel and I had a personal gain from it, my grandson's artillery unit. They were very kind to the whole unit afterwards, what they sent them, the gifts. And as you know, I wrote to Michael Reinsdorf, who's the CEO of the Chicago Bulls, the son of the owner. And I just want to read his answer to my email. Your email brightened my day. Our journey to Israel evoked both poignant and uplifting moments. Israel holds a unique significance, and witnessing the unwavering resilience of our people provides a source of hope amid these challenging times. The interaction with the soldiers stood out as the pinnacle of our trip. No expression of gratitude is necessary towards me. Rather, it is the Reinsdorf family and Jewish communities worldwide should extend their thanks to courageous individuals like Rabbi Rose, my grandson, who was the uh, liaison between the visiting group and his artillery unit. Rowie, hopefully you will have a chance to come to Chicago so we can host you, your friends, and family to a game. Am Yisrael Chai, Michael Reinsdorf. So I want to thank Michael for taking my email and his beautiful answer. As far as getting to Chicago again at my age, I uh, rejoice when I get to Machna Yehuda in one piece. But nevertheless, if I ever wind up in Chicago, uh, all right, we'll see if I, I don't have to be limited to the New York Yankees. I can enjoy a basketball game. Uh, one of the amazing pictures that came up, this is uh, Rabbi Khaliva and Avram Yeshua Soloveitchik. What's interesting about this picture, he is the son-in-law of Rav Aaron Shechter, my mother-in-law student in Rosh Hashiva of Chaim Berlin, and he just became Rosh Hashiva. He's pure Moroccan, and there's brisk. But you see, is this picture good, or does this picture require a, a comment? And the answer is very simple. Look at them. They both look like briska. The Moroccan has totally assimilated into 
the Vriska world. Speaking about yeshiva, I see this being handed out here to uh, uh, Torah Shraka people. It's thinking about Shana Gimel. Uh, it's an institution called Birchat Yeshiva, Birchat HaTorah. And they're advertising. And one of the things they write, I'm ready to sign up if this is true. Don't just learn Rishonim, learn like the Rishonim. Yoshua, is that possible till you are going to learn like the Rishonim? Wow. Can he check it out and let me know? Uh, another picture that surfaced, who do you think this is at the age of 21? That's Rav Yehuda Amital. Okay? The age of 21, the man that did so much and changed to a certain degree with the Baron Lichtenstein the course of Torah history in Israel. Okay, now down to the Shigurim. Your first name is Kenny? Jonathan. Yo- Yo- Jonathan, everyone knows you as Jonathan or John? Yoni? Jonathan. Jonathan, okay. Let me just relate. Jonathan. Yehoshua, I got that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, c- coming back to our lectures of the last month on Masira and problems in the family. So unfortunately, the lectures called up many examples of what we're talking about. And uh, another email came in, I don't want to mention any names, although it's really, it's a rabbi who has nothing, who only knows about this story. Uh, I have a relative in Lakewood who was abused by an authority figure and likewise destroyed. She's a very special neshama. I invested much time with her and she really has come a long way. She is not currently from, I have not given up on that, but focused exclusively on her being a functional human being. She is today in a very good place. And uh, I made contact, if you recall, the letter I read the week ago. Uh, I made contact between the two, and they'll see if they can give any advice how to help this young lady later. But halachalamaisa, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, Messiah is not a question. Rabbanim can't handle these problems. You need experts people who are trained, the state of Israel, we certainly have no problem. And once again, I refer you to the Mishteret Yisrael, who have a special department of women who are police officers, who wear shaitels, haredyot, and trained in this area. Lo Aleinu, the problem is real, we can't sweep it under the carpet, and uh, it hurts it shouldn't be real, but my wife always quotes to me when I preached in a sermon um, some 60 plus years ago in Maplewood, New Jersey. Um, could you imagine the Ten Commandments right after the Jews secret Yamsuf and and here Maimir Hasinai, and you have to tell people Lo Tignov, Lo Tietzach, uh, frightening. 
elementary, but it shows you with all the Torah and all the learning and all the knowledge and Masherat Hashifcha of Yamsuf, Laura, Yecheskel Hanavi, Bechaz Yonot Shalom, quoting the Medrash, but with all that, humans can reach the lowest level possible. And particularly in the world today where everything is stressed around you. It's a world that centers around the human being. There's no God, there's no religion, there's no surrender, there's no code of law. What I want, I do. I don't hurt anyone, I don't harm anyone, I don't break your windows. Let me do what I want. And um, this is the heart of the problem. But okay, now let's move on. And we moved on. And today's shir, very fascinating. And we'll give you a good reward for making the trip for Shalavim. I have a grandson who teaches in Shalavim, by the way, uh, in, in the, what's it there, international high school program for Na'aleh. His name is, uh, he, wrote, he, pub- he just published a book on the history of tank warfare. Uh, Yosef Ackerman, that's my grandson. Okay, uh, I also have a very close Talmud who is involved with the foreign students, Rabbi Reuven Unger. Okay, it's also my Talmud, man. Baruch Hashem. All right, now we're dealing with the Mishnah Halachot Chelik Ted Zion Siman Samach Aleph. And here is an unbelievable question that comes his way. He's uh, been sent to say, a safe of marriage Israel. And they're dealing, and again, I showed you last week how much you can learn from one simple tshuva. Yonatan, the more you dig into it, it, it just overwhelms you with all the information you have in the tshuva. And here, the, you call the case, this girl... Uh, it comes from, a, again, they use the word modern, modernish, modern orthodox home, and she wants to marry a Haredi boy. And the parents are opposed, and they raise the issue, does she, is she obligated to listen to her parents, and maybe she shouldn't get married, and these were the sources I showed you last week. A girl is not chayevet in pruya revu. It's the man who's obligated. Maybe she's obligated. Keep it up the aim. And if your parents don't like the boy, remain a spinster. Don't get married. All right. We spend, and it's very sad. We spoke in terms of the chasm, the split in our world. And I can tell you a story with my grandson, Rowie, who we spoke about, who was involved with the Reisdorf family from Chicago. Uh, so he went to, he did Hester through Hakolto. So uh, he met number, various different people in the army. And uh, among them, he met someone who was interested in learning more about Yiddishkeit he came to Yeshiva Rakotel, and as they say, the rest is history. Then he picked up a Haredi in the old city near Hakotel, someone his age, and he was interested in seeing what Hakotel was like. So my grandson decided to have some fun, and he played to their world. You know, they don't learn that much Gemara, they learn Rav Cook, they learn a lot of Machshava. And Ephraim, the 
young Haredi guy walks into a culture and he sees six, seven hundred people learning Gemara, Rishonim, and Rambam, and, and they, he was blown away. And then my grandson said, well, I was not really telling you the whole truth. They do learn Machshava, but it's only you, like you learn Musar in a, in, a, in a classic Lithuanian yeshiva. And, and it's a shame the split, and the split is here, and I'll talk, I have, I have to talk about it tomorrow. I've gotten some questions. I said I'll deal with it in Monday's class. But the split is here, and the question is real. Is it better she should never marry, listen to her parents, or marry a Haredi guy who frightens her parents. Now, so we saw last week, we spoke about Yiftach and what he did to his daughter, and no question that there's a whole like it as I explained to you, what's the shot? did he... Uh, really sacrificed son, did he lock her up, but she never married. Chazal do not take Yiftach at face value. And uh, they're very negative. We went further last week, we dealt with the Medrash Rabbah, a very powerful Medrash Rabbah, with Pinchas and Yiftach, that each one was a Balgaiva, and he could have been Mataneda. It's not the end of the world to, to be Mataneda. And he had a, a beautiful petach who would dream that his daughter would be the first one walking out. And he wouldn't go to Pinchas, I'm the chief of staff. Who's Pinchas? Pinchas wouldn't go to him, I'm the Kohen Gadol, he should come to me. So again, you see Chazal had a very negative attitude. We saw the Gemara in Bab Metziah. If your parents tell you L'Chalel Shabbat, you're not to listen to them. We all are obligated to a higher authority. If that's the case, then you want to marry. That's infinitely more important than listening to your parents. And how do we know that it's important for a woman to marry? And we ended off the class, the Gemaring Tuvat. The Gemaring Tuvat, again, there's so much that you can extrapolate from the Gemara on contemporary issues. Halacha Lemaisa, I summarize it with one sentence that I've told all my grandchildren. Uh, I have many grandsons. Uh, God has a sense of humor. I had only daughters. And it took 13 grandsons to see afterwards one granddaughter. I'm happy to say on the fourth generation, although the males are predominant, I do have some great-granddaughters, Baruch Hashem. And it's a great thrill when this past week, three days, we had four generations together. Uh, And it's it's a great feeling to see God has blessed you great-grandchildren already making brachot and learning Mishnah and learning Gemara and one of Bar Mitzvah already, etc., etc. So the Gemara in Tuvat, you see, a Bar Mitzvah is your party. You're the center of attention, attraction. I remember I gave the drush at my Bar Mitzvah. I, 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 davened, I believe I davened Shachrit. I think my grandfather, my Zaydi, davened Musaf. Uh, my days, we didn't lay in. We read the Haftorah. Uh, they didn't uh, 
wasn't the Nohag, at least where I grew up in the Bronx, that the Bar Mitzvah boy layans. But that's just as good because I don't have, uh, I'm tone deaf. I have many grandchildren with good voices. But, but I don't know, they didn't get it from me, that's for sure. So uh, a wedding is the girl's wedding. Whatever she wants, let her have. Don't interfere, don't be negative. Don't, don't put up opposition. It's the girl's event. And this is the Gemara in Tuvot, where the Gemara talks about the Pasuk. I quoted the Pasuk last week from Yemiyaku Kachuna Shimvi Elidu Banimu Banatu Knula Nechem Nashim Vietmanotechem Tnula Nashim. And the Gemara raises the issue look, you can f- beat up your son to marry. There are many girls out there. Make a decision, get married. But your daughters, you're not the boss. The guys are choosing. There, there are more women out there looking to marry than men are looking to marry. So what does it mean? You're going to get your sons married? No problem. Your daughters, you're not the boss. And the Gemara says, and that's what we left off last week, that take care of your daughter. Dress her. Clothe her, make her attractive, buck teeth, take care of the dental work. I don't want to go any further, but at times uh, the Rav, this I can tell you, the Rav was asked the question by my good friends. And the Rebbe, a daughter wants cosmetic surgery on her nose. Is she allowed? It's an interesting question. Uh, all right, uh, I don't say it's a sakana to do cosmetic surgery. <laughs> In general, it's not sakana, but it's unnecessary. And the Rav's answer was very much to the point. Let her do what she wants. That was the answer. So, uh, and in Hachinami, these girls had cosmetic surgery and married very nicely afterwards. Uh, I remember in B'nai Akiva, a girl once said to me, Ani, you'd be very handsome if your nose wasn't crooked. And I didn't know what the other time, I didn't know what pants are. Today, I would say to her, my dear young lady, this is the nose of Gedole Yisrael. Moe Rebbe, Rav Salavechik. Did you ever see his nose? Rebarin Kotla, Kletzka Rosh Yeshiva. I learned in Lakewood. I heard you, I saw Rebarin every week, he wasn't there all week, you know, part of the week was in Borough Park. But, don't make fun of a nose that Gedoli Israel, that's a good sign. Okay. And this is the secret. You have to give your daughter money, you have to dress her up, you have to accentuate the good in her looks. There isn't a girl that doesn't have something positive going for her. And marriage, very important. See, this is Rabbi Nasha Klein. And he quotes, Rabbi Nasha brings down the Rambam. The Rambam is based upon the Gemara that we just quoted. Hilchadishat Perik Esrim 20, Halacha Aleph. Tzivu Chachamim, Sheyitein Adam Mine Chasav Ma'at Lebito. Kedei Shetina Sebo, Vezehu Nikra 
panasa that a man is obligated to give his daughter money to to make her attractive that people will want to marry her that when you have a daughter, there must be a dowry. And if you're a poor man, you have to give a dowry that equals what is the going dowry at that time. If he's wealthy, then of course you have to give in accordance with your means. And this is a very interesting Rambam, Sakalacha, Minag Yisrael, dowry woman. Now, there's a side issue that uh, I want you to be aware of. A girl from a wealthy home always is haunted by the question I've dealt with this many times. Uh, is the boy interested in me for myself, for who I am, or is the boy interested in me because of the money? And this is an interesting question. There's no black and white answer. But many times you will see that money marries money, that people feel more comfortable going with someone where they know, well, he's not looking for my money. He has money. Generally speaking, these marriages work out. You have to have a little bit seichel, but uh, generally speaking, these marriages work out. But halacha a father is obligated to do what he can to make his daughter attractive. And if you have daughters, just as you put aside money for your sons, you've got to put aside money for your daughters. And I never want anyone to say, ah, she's only a girl, who worries? No, to make her attractive, accentuate the good traits, and there's Rat Hashem, marriage should come, happiness, it's how our future depends upon it. Now, there's an amazing Gemara in Sanhedrin, I involve Amir Aleph, and this too, you see Rabbi Menashe Klein quotes, and it's a powerful Gemara that also shows there's a here for a father, for the mother, here for the mother and father to see that the daughter marries. Rabbi Menashe Klein said, I don't know if it's a chiv the right or a chiv the rabbanon. I would say it's a chiv midivrei kabbalah, yimiyahu. It could very well be that it falls under the category of divrei kabbalah. But what a Gemara. And let me quote the Gemara. Dafayim vavam and aleph in Sanhedrin. And they're quoting the Pasuk, al techalel et bito lahaznota. Don't desecrate your daughter by turning her into a illegal woman. A, 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 what would be the word, a better word, a woman whose behavior is nefarious. Lahaznota. And uh, the Gemara says, what's an example of this? Hamesi et pito lezokin. 
that uh, one example is you forced your daughter to marry an older man. An older man comes along, he's well-to-do. A lot has been written in Yiddish literature in some of the, uh, in the modern world, I'll use the word, uh, Jewish literature. This is a theme that comes up occasionally. Yet it's before your time. My, my grandparents, their greatest, uh, my mother's parents, uh, their greatest relaxation was to go to the Yiddish theater. The Yiddish theater was very big in America, uh, 70, 80. You remember it, Kenny? Uh, and and th- this was a theme that would come up time and again, you know. It, it, it. But you see, that's very bad. Why is it very bad? Because a young woman is attracted to young men. She can be married to this old geezer, but she lives a uh, life which is not proper. So that's one part of doing something wrong with your daughter. Rabbi Akiva Mezahamishahabi told Bogeret that that this doing a sin with your daughter is pushing her not to get married until she's older. So the Gemara asks, What's wrong? What do you mean not to get married until she's older? And there's a whole discussion here. Uh, after all, a father can marry off a younger daughter. At Biti Natati Miyun, the whole sugi of Miyun, right? You know what I'm talking about? When a girl gets married young, she turns adult. She can walk away from the husband and say, I don't want the, this husband. We see you can marry. What's wrong? Keeping her, making her wait. Ah, so the Gemara explains, fabulous Gemara. Yeah, this guy is keeping his daughter from marrying because he needs her help in the house. She's the maid. Look into Rashi. Wants to save money. He doesn't want to have to pay for help. Who is the poor man whose poverty makes him into a scheming sinner? It is the poor man who holds his daughter back from marrying because he cannot afford to hire a maid to replace his daughter's domestic contributions. And I have to tell you, this too is part of life. I've seen it. I know one case. I, again, I don't want to mention names, although there's case seeing this right under my eyes a great rub and his wife was ill and his daughter took care of the house by the time she was ready to get married her parents were gone and she was already beyond the years that she could marry have children it's a very difficult question comes your way occasionally a daughter obligations, family what a daughter can accomplish what a daughter can do and wait a minute but she's not out there looking for a husband she's at home where do you draw the line and imagine going out of your way to keep the daughter single so you have someone to wash dishes make the beds run the household, do the shopping, and you see how 
violently the Gemara describes this person as a scheming sinner. And what do you see? Encourage your daughter to get married. You have an obligation, panasa, dowry. But it's more than that. And here we come to something fascinating. I was asked many times, uh, where's Rabbi Menashe Klein different? Well, why do I find his tshuvat idiosyncratic? We'll use that word. And I'll tell you, he comes from a Hasidic Hungarian background. The sources he quotes are very different than what Rabbi Moshe would quote. Even the Minchatz Yitzchak, even Rav Ovadji Yosef. Occasionally he comes up with a Hasidic source, a Hasidic story, and here he quotes a Medrash Rabbah. And a Medrash Rabbah, what is Medrash Rabbah? Where do you come to quote a Medrash Rabbah? Sufanara, Rambam, no say Kalim. <coughs> but he quotes a Medrash Rabbah, and he says from this Medrash Rabbah, you absolutely see that Chazal had a positive attitude towards getting your daughter married. Now, before I give you the source of the Medrash Rabbah, to me this is a very powerful Medrash Rabbah. There's one part of it that you'll glance at, and the max you might, you know, feel, ah, it's not important. To me, that's the most important emotional part of the Medrash Rabbah. And I, I want to just introduce it with a story from life. Many decades ago, Malka and I saw a movie. And it was in the 60s. And we loved that movie. We were too young to fully appreciate it. In life, we've seen that movie come to life, to become tangible, to become real. Unfortunately, I don't know the name of the movie. I've never been able to locate it again. I throw out what I saw. Maybe someone can enlighten me. But you see, when you grow up, most people, those of you who have studied psychology, very important when you're sitting on the couch and the psychologist is working you over, do you have happy memories of your youth? If you don't have happy memories, you're going to have psychological problems. Most people have happy memories. You'll ask a kid, you know, mother, father, grandparents, we love our children, we should love our children, our grandchildren. Divorce rears its ugly head in modern times, and you know my opinion when I'm elected to the Sanhedrin, the first takana I'm going to introduce that the minute you have the first child, you cannot get divorced until your youngest child turns 70. That's the first takana I will introduce. So, uh, you know, this young man and young woman, they grew up in this town, and they were so happy there, and their high school sweethearts, and they moved to the big city, and they are successful, they save a little money, and now about 10 plus years later, they come back to the town where they grew up, 
and they're so happy, they're coming back, our childhood, our friends, no one recognizes them. They don't recognize the town. So much has changed. It's such a powerful message. And I, I can tell you, I asked Rabbi Unger that next time he has a free moment in New Jersey, I want him to go into Beth Ephraim Maplewood Jewish Center. And I want him to ask, do you people know who built this synagogue? From nothing, yesh mayayim. These ten fingers in a bastion of reforming conservative with everyone laughing at me. Anti-conservative and reconstructionist rabbis and the reform rabbis looking at me like I'm an odd duck who stepped in from Venus or Mars. And you know what's going to happen? And you know, I, well, going back now to 62, people say, Roscoff? Never heard of him. You follow me? You can't go back. That's life moves on. They don't know who you are. It's a whole new generation. The people I related to are no longer there, no longer alive. And you can't go back. You can't. It's, it, it just, the only place you can go back is Meisharim. Meisharim is the only place in the world where the property today is more expensive than it was 150 years ago. You follow me, Ephraim? Every Balchiv in the world will give their right hand. I know people, PhDs, they're living in Meisharim. They're in heaven. They're in heaven. They've gone back to the shtetl. Minaret Yiddish, the kinderet in Yiddish, the kinderet in Shalavim, Yiddish. I can sell them the Brooklyn Bridge and ask them for change. You follow me, Ephraim? So you see, it's, it, and I want to tell you, I want to tell you, Yoshua, it actually happened to me in Malka. A number of years ago, you know, we were in America quite a lot due to my Russian involvement and uh, whatever. I was in America sometimes three times a year, okay? Then twice a year, then once a year, and now we're down to nothing, Baruch Hashem. Uh, no, I shouldn't say that because I wish I had the Kayach. I have so many invitations and so many students and I could do a little good, but all right, Madafabn Kayach. So we went back to Maplewood. Kenny, I could swear the streets were changed. I remember on Springfield Avenue, ending Newark, going, I couldn't find my way. This was my backyard. I knew every nook and corner. 50 years later, 45 years later, I didn't know where I was. Now, this is the Midrash. It's an interesting introduction. Human the, the concept you can never reclaim. It's, it's simply, that's life. Kohelet. Life moves on. There's time to be young, time to be old, time to be middle-aged, time to love, time to fight, time to make war, time to make peace. Life moves on. All right. The Medjish Rabbi, you'll see in the Medjish how this comes up. It's very cute. Medrash Rabbah Achrei Mot, and it's Perik Chafalif Siman Chet. 
So I repeat the Medrash Rabbah Tachere Mot. It's Perikafalev Siman Chet. You see, when I need it, whenever I need a psychologist, he's not around. I'm going to have to complain to Tova. We just had we just had the couch ro- rolled out, and you had a patient on the couch. All right, you pick it up when you hear the the class. Okay, and what's the story in the Medrash? Rabbi Hananya ben Chachinai, the Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, Chachulul Maltora, Eitzel Rabbi Akiva ben Ebrak, and uh, they were there in ben Ebrak learning with Rabbi Akiva thirteen years, and one of them, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. He kept in touch with his family. He knew what was going on. The other Talmud, he didn't know anything about his family. And finally he got a message. It's all in the message. He got a message from his wife. We have a daughter you have to marry off. So you can understand now why Rabbi Manasseh's client's quoting this message. You see once again that you have a daughter, you have to marry her off. You're obligated. I think it's different Kabbalah, but he says it could be Torah, it could be Dorapana, okay. He didn't pay attention to the Medrash, to, to his wife's message, a licked in learning, he's entirely in learning, okay. And suddenly Rabbi Akiva the Medrash says Rabbi Akiva had Ruach HaKodesh Ruach HaKodesh he knew that these people had daughters to marry off and he said to the class whoever has a daughter to marry off leave immediately go home and take care of your daughter. Okay, they got up. The Rebbe told them they must get out, they must take care, they must go. And he comes back to the city that he left 13 years ago and he can't find his house. Follow? So much has changed, so much has grown. Yes, see, when I came in Aliyah, you know what was here, this entire area? An orchard, grapefruits, oranges. Nothing was here. Can anyone, Kenny, when you were here, you were nearly Rechov Nitzah, you didn't even know this area. You have no idea. Michlala built, that was like, Wow. In a jungle, a desert. Come back, everything changed. Yerushalayim, you don't know what's going on here. I can't drive much. I just drive from here to my house. Last two weeks ago, it put me under. I'm here telling jokes today. It's a miracle. But one of the things that put me under with the demonstrations. I live around the corner from the Prime Minister. 
I couldn't get home. Streets, everything closed. So one day, I became a chacham after I almost committed Harry Carey. You can't believe what I'm talking about. A seven-minute drive became 37 minutes. Bumper to bumper, two lane cars. So I decided to go a long way. But at least I can move. I didn't recognize where I was. Thank God, my chush got me. I got to Rehov Agnon, into Palmach. Into, I couldn't recognize all their buildings. Every place you go, everything changes. This poor Tana got home. He couldn't find his house. It's like me and Malka, Springfield Avenue. We're looking. They changed the street. They moved it. We were here last 50 years ago. They moved the street. Idiot. They didn't move anything. But life moves on. Different stores, different trees, different buses, different people. You can't go back. So this poor guy didn't know what to do. Whichever way he turned, he couldn't find the way. Ah. So he went to the well and he heard the women talking to each other. And at the well, suddenly they said, oh, these girls, they used their last name. That's his family. The minute their pitchers were filled with water, he followed them home, and Baruch Hashem, he reached his house, and then he did a terrible thing. It's all part of the Midrash. He walked in suddenly, and his wife passed out, fainted, the shock. She hadn't seen her husband. Shloshes Reishana, 13 years. And suddenly he shows up. Yonatan, no, give me a live example. Do you know a person named Aaron Rothkoff? How do you know him? I can tell you he doesn't exist. But okay, it's part of the makeup. Anyway, that character, Aaron Rothkoff, wrote a number of books. Nine, and the tenth is almost ready, but got to give it a little time. The second book, second book is this Medrash come to life. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yoshua, you don't know the silver era by heart? How can you breathe there without that, that knowing? The Silver Era, Rabbi Eliezer Silva and his generation. And with that book, I broke a record. Why did we start the hour today talking about modern Orthodox Haredi? Show me one modern Orthodox author who is held in high esteem in the Haredi world. It's only one person, Aaron Rothkopf, the Silver Era.
No quote. The Nova Minskarebba, President Ekurizia called that the single best volume on the history of Torah in the United States. And some and there were whole people and one wise guy said, But it was written by a YU guy. He said, I know that YU guy. He's a gone and it's I don't want to repeat what he said about Rothkopf. He's wrong about Rothkopf, but he's right about the book. No, what does the book have to do with this letter Shrapa? Kenny, very simple. Revlaise Silver. He made it in America. He saved up a little money. He was a rubber ready. Seven years in in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. He went to Europe and to see his Rebbeim. Chaim Hoysa, Rebbeim Simcha, the rocket shuttle. Went to Europe going back to his youth. And what happened? The same story with Rav Avram Yitzhak Akoyim Cook. How did he get stuck in Europe for World War I? He went to what was the precursor to Agudit Yisrael. They had an international plan of convention and they all got stuck there. The war broke out. No convention, no way to get home. And Blazer was stuck in Europe one year, two years. Finally, with miracles, read the Suva era. He gets back to America, the Derech Lo Derech. And he sends a telegram to the president of his shul that he's back, he's reached New York. He's coming to Harrisburg and uh, break the news to his family gently because he quotes what happened here, how she fainted. And the son of the president sees the telegram and he goes running to Rebelaise's house. Rebetzin, Rebetzin, I am on his door. He's here, he's coming from New York. And she faints on the spot. <laughs> exactly, exactly this Medrash. So the Medrash says, you see, from this we learn, So please, you talk with Rabbi Younger, you'll send him my best regards. I love him. Tell him my best regards and tell him to send the telegram I'm coming to visit Maplewood, South Orange, Beth Ephraim Jewish Center. I want you to check out how the shoe began. I don't want to walk in and shock you and mention a name, Rabbi Rothkopf. Wow, who the heck is he? Who gives a hoot? What did he do here? Let them check it out. Recommend the volume called Washington. Are you familiar with Washington? Washington and Washington. Say, good. Oh, you public. Then you show up. Don't come in suddenly. People will have heart failure. I'm a sugar. What's he talking about? Who heard this? There was no shoe here? Only reform, conservative, reconstruction. Impossible. Today, Essex County, sir. The son-in-law of the President of the United States grew up here, and he's a Shemesh Shabbos. 
Jared Kushner, right or wrong? What's right? What's Rothkopf talk? What are you talking about? <coughs> Don't come into your house suddenly. Don't give your wife heart failure. But the medish is more than that. The medish goes further. Bita Chabagra Shachre Abdecha Utanecha Lo. Wow. Your daughter is of age? No? Do you recognize the Gemara? Remember they were short a minion? Are you allowed to be Mishachrer in Evid Kanani? No? Lolam Behem Tavoldu. But if you need a templum for a minion, for the Bar Mitzvah, you can be Mishachrer. Allah at Kama Vakama, you have an Evid Kanani, your daughter needs a husband, be Mishachrer the Evid, and set up a chuppah with your daughter. Ad Kedei Kach. Yomo, can anyone in his right mind, after all these sources, claim you have no obligation to marry off your daughter? Make her beautiful, straighten out her teeth, cosmetic surgery. Uh, I'm ashamed to tell you, but uh, sometimes I get a message to people. I had one shidduch that I made very successfully in this very classroom. And the girl was also my Talmidah. He was my Talmud in the Kolel. She was my Talmidah. And uh, she was too, a little too heavy. I had my wife speak with her mother. And boy, you never saw a more beautiful bride in your life. Fifteen pounds disappeared. And every guy in the Kolel was jealous of the fellow who married her. Yoshua, they're grandparents today. It, n- not only that, but his brother and the mother of the Chatan are my greatest students ever. I have a, I had a, I have a few women who are very bright women, and they're my greatest students. Okay, But the Shirif, you got a, a little seichel. What a medrash. What a world of material in the Medrash. And Halakha it's real life. Would anyone else quote the Medrash? No, it takes a Hasidic soul, a soul that doesn't skip Agada. I'm coming to my Monday class now. A soul that has a feeling not only for the Nefesh HaChayim, but for the Balkanya as well. Remember last week's Monday class? Yash, you finish davening, Aleinu L'Shambeach, Echad, ends in Dalet. Then you have a little schnapps, Yash, schnapps, Yud Shin, Er the Dalet, Chadai, Labriot, God's name, Shin, Dalet, Yud. No, Yashi, if you said that in a Litvashi Yeshiva, they'd kick you out at first. But in Chzidashi Yeshiva, they bring out a bottle of yash and drink a l'chaim for that wonderful thought. And this is the medrash. Gentlemen, we have arrived. Um, 
throwing out a reward. Now I have one Talmud listening who's been my Talmud and heard every shear since the Kolu began in 1978. Now, and he said to me, Rebbe, you told us, what kind of Shiloh is this? You told us this ages ago. I said, give me a chance. I'm building up to it. I'm going to tell it again, but now I'm going to tell it in context. Gentlemen, 1969, we came in Aliyah. A building was built right after the Six-Day War on Rafheim Berlin 18. Right off Azar, around the corner from the Prime Minister. I had a miracle that I bought into that building. It's not for now at that time. I was a young kid. And I didn't listen to anyone. Prices are going to go down. Who can let me? And I bought that miracle. Okay. Half the building were Anglos. Among them some world famous rabbis. Retired. I had fabulous neighbors. Two brothers-in-law. Rabbi Mendel Lewittis and Rabbi Nathan Drazen. Rabbi Drazen was rabbi, was married to uh, Ra- Rabbi Lewittis, was married to Rabbi Drazen's sister. Rabbi Drazen was married to Professor Honig's sister. You have no idea who these people were. I couldn't have asked for better role models as human beings as B'nai Teres Lamdanim. Well, Rabbi Nathan Drayson, we quoted last week in the Sunday, in the Monday class, he yet was a Talmud of the Mechita, of Shlomo Palachek, the 1920s reads what you call YU today. Rabbi Lewittis was very brave. His parents sent him to a new college that just opened in 1928. Max, the name of the college, Yeshiva College. The first class began 28. The first graduating class was 1932. Many important people later in life graduated in 32. One of them was Mendy Mendel Lewis. Now, when he reached yeshiva, the top shear was Reb Moshe Soloveitchik. Reb Moshe Soloveitchik gave his first year in yeshiva December 1929. So Rabbi Lewis went into the shear and he was there to finish college and there to get smicha. While he was in the shear, and everything I'm describing now is not just theory or trying to Yes, uh, as I tell you many times, a historian tries to guess what happened in the past. This is real. I heard this from many students, including Rabbi Lewis. Rabbi Meisha, and if you're familiar with Mori Rebbe's sister, Shulamat Meiselman's memoir, the Salavechik Heritage, I think it's called. Uh, it's a very important memoir on the family. So she writes about it too. Reb Moshe had five children, but he had a fixation 
on his eldest son. Reb Yosef Dov Halevi, named for the Beit Halevi, my Annie would boast about his son in class. Mein Sohn de Gaul, mein Sohn as a London Mufak in post. And you know, most guys in the yeshiva, eh, the Rebbe's boasting about his son, you know, took it with a grain of salt. And that's, someday I'll tell you the story when the Rebbe arrives and he gives the first year clean shaven and, and, and this is who Rebbe Meish is boasting. And he gives the first year in the yeshiva, 1932. People fainted. The lumbus, the gynus. So now, Reb Meish is in America. The Reb is in Berlin. Agon Adir. Anenikol, the grandson of Reb Chaim Briska. This is the person that the Kovna Rav, Rav Avram Dobia Kahana Shapiro, wrote about, the Dvavram wrote about him, that the mantle and learning and spirit of Rav Chaim rests upon his shoulders. And this is the Rav writing to his father that he met a girl in Berlin and he likes her, and he's going to marry her. And in class, Rabbi Meisha tells his students, and a Rabbi has to let his hair down with his students, tells his students, I'll say it in English, I'm living it in Yiddish. What will be with him? He's such a gaon. He met a girl in Berlin. Who is she? What is she? I don't know her. And he writes to his son. What are, what are you doing? Who, what, when, where? Think about it then. And his son writes back, My dear father, you are missing one line in the Shulchan Aruch. I'll show you the line in a minute, but the essence of the line is, Yoshua, you're married? You're going to meet a nice girl? Your parents may say, Well, the, the grandmother, they were Sad the gufo. This is the girl. Don't cause me anguish. And Mendel Lewitis described to me how Reb Moshe pulled the letter from the Rav from, from Berlin out of his pocket, unfolded the letter, and read it to the class. And when he finished citing the Shulchan Aruch, he said, my zun is gerecht, my zun is gerecht, my son is right, my son is right. And Yomo, this is the Ramad that you didn't know. Remember, you and Ellie Weinstein, you told me Ellie Weinstein wrote a whole paper on Kibbut Avdiyayim. And I asked you for the source. I knew the source was there. Problem is, it's 
Rama, little print, the last line in the Simon. Then I found it, and boy, I told Yomo, we have it. Shiridea, Simon Reish Mem, the final line, one second before Reish Mem Aleph. Rama, Haga, Vechain, Im Haav Mochin Mochet Beven, Lisa Esi Shah, Sheyach Postbacha Ben, Ein Sarich Lishmoa El Haav. Wow. Could you imagine all the halachas of Kibbut Abiyema here? And what's wrong? A father's expressing an opinion. What's wrong? There are many girls, there are many girls out there. There are many boys out there. Father expressing an opinion, a mother expressing, listen to your parents. No. Tzad the gufa. No one can tell you whom to marry. You're feelings, your happiness come first. And this is halakha How do I know what the reason is? Look into the Be'iri Hagra and the Vildagon says Tsar the Gufa that your feelings have to come ahead of everything. Nice girl, you love her, you're attracted to her, you want to marry her, no one but no one can talk you out of it. And Rav Moshe says to the class, mein Zun is gerecht, mein Zun is gerecht. All right. Now, what's fascinating is... Reb Menashe Klein is furious because this Sefer that they sent them from Israel quotes another Sefer where Halacha Lamaisa they really him that if the parents object better the girl shouldn't get married Kivar Aviyem is a Dioraita and for a girl getting married there's no mitzvah of pure revu. And, and he goes into, that sefer goes into a whole pilpul that when a girl gets married, it's eina mitzvah v'yoseh. See, it's not the same. You won't know mitzvah v'yoseh, you get more reward. But, but a young man is required to daven three times a day. He gets more reward than a girl who davens once a day, twice a day. Why? Why? You're all familiar with this Sergei Chazal, so much has been written, it's very psychological. When you're obligated, the Yetzirah plays a role. Ah, what am I waking up so early? I'll catch a later minion. What's wrong? I'll say Shema now and go back to sleep. Catch Shman Kriyat Shema. Give yourself a hundred teirutzim to turn over in bed again. 
But when you ain't him, it's all right. The Yetzirah, you know, you do fine. I don't have to. I'll do it. It's not the end of the world. It's a woman gets married. All right. She gets a reward. She helps out in having children. But a man, he has the mitzvah, not a woman. And the only time that safer that he picked up uh, there's an exception is the problem of snut and this you can do a whole doctoral thesis the fear of promiscuous lifestyle how much does that play in halacha in other words if you have a woman who is wants to marry a Haredi and the parents say no and you're going to leave her single and in the world in which we live today, a single woman can be easy prey for men who want a promiscuous relationship. So you all know the same thing with Chatzievet, Chatzie ben Chorin, the Shifcha. We free her because we're worried people will take advantage of her. You follow? So there they're willing to say maybe better she should get married. But otherwise, no here, listen to your parents. And he comes out very, very strongly against this. He says this goes not only against Chazal and the Medrash and the Gemaras and the Rambam we quote, but a lot more. And here he's talking, I would say, real life and what I'm going to quote in a second. If we want to get involved, we can lecture on it for the whole rest of the year. And uh, a woman, tabla do mala. You see, this this is the difference between a man and a woman. You see, this is going to come up time and again. It was a bitter battle 40 years ago, 50 years already. Wow, it's almost, it's mamish. 49 years ago. A bitter battle between whom? Max, were you around when the Rav took on Rabbi Rachman? 1975 and first call, Yeshiva University Rabbinic Alumni. Were you around or not? No, I heard of Iraq in book, though. I heard, you heard about it. All right. This got us involved. Very simple. Gentlemen, Chazal, take for granted. A woman wants to marry above all, and she's willing to dumb down for the sake of marriage. Do you know what that expression means, dumb down? I mean, I just, uh, dumb down, they're very simple. Uh, Ephraim, you have women today, my, some of my medical doctors are my own students, MD. No, some of them are married. My own granddaughter-in-law, geniuses, PhDs, Weitzman research, my grandsons are on that level. No? So you have to, woman, it's better to be married to a guy who's a simple guy but a nice guy than to remain alone. And and in, in Hebrew we have a beautiful expression, Ravaka uh, Chamutza. You never yet heard the word in Hebrew Ravak Chamutz. Follow the difference. 
Some guys, I have told them a single, well, you're almost smiling right now, laughing, laughing. What the heck is she laughing at? Not married, his age, wow, wow. You're laughing at what? That Rebbe's so correct. <laughs> that Rebbe's so correct. I've never gotten so many compliments in one year, Baruch Hashem. But you see, a Ravaka, there's a, she's unhappy, she's single, she's a spinster. Okay. And, and therefore, a woman wants to marry and be cognizant of it. Uh, a sideshow in parentheses now. See, this is, the Rav said this is ontological. What does the word ontological mean? Kenny, it's part of creation. That a woman has that drive. She wants to have children and a husband and comfort and, and support. And Rabbi Rachman says, in this day and age, you can no longer say better any marriage than no marriage. A woman today, Jonathan calls up this girl, Girls, she's in her residency, medical, in Jacoby Hospital. Who the heck are you? She's learning for smicha. No, no big deal. Every time Dick and Harry has smicha. When I came in Aliyah in '69, I remember a relative of my sister-in-law, Israelis. They said, "Boy, every rabbi, everyone in America is a rabbi." They thought, you know, the people coming, this rabbi, that rabbi, a third. Today, too, there's so many rabbis here. You shake a tree, five rabbis fall out. Uh, but, but you see, that's an interesting question. Rabbi Rachman said, "No, this does not apply today." Ephraim, a lady, comes home. She's a professor. She's a heart specialist. She's, she, well, who the heck are you? Oh, no. She's happy to have a husband who's a nice guy. And I remember my eldest son-in-law. So we asked him, what do you want to do with your life? And he said to us, to help people. Gemilat Chesed. And he's been my son-in-law for on to 40 plus years already. And believe me, I never saw a greater Gemilat Chesed. I got a son-in-law and a daughter, my elders. I called them the Rav and the Rabbits, and they run a shul already over 30 years. His whole life he was in the army, a high officer, a sailor. I mean, I talk about my children. But uh, goodness, goodness of a human being. So what? The girl's a PhD, the girl's an MD, the girl's this, the girl's that. She's happy to have a husband who's a decent human being. So he's not on the same level. My wife always asks, how do you feel? You're uh, doing postdoc research at the most impressive place in the world, Weizmann Institute. And your husband, what does he have? A bachelor's, a robotica. Terrific. Terrific husband. Wonderful guy. Father of my children. You follow me, Kenny? He's a very, who is right here? The, and I, I, I went to Rabarin, to the Bay, to my I said, Aaron, Chazak has changed. Ain Adam Oseh Bilato Bilatznut Kedushin Ktova. I mean, we're dealing here with a basic concept. Do you know the implications, Kenny? Here. Go into Mechon Meir, dig up every 
American Balchuva and every Russian Balchuva. And you'll find out. I was in Russia. Remember, I worked 10 years under the Kainoa. I went on under the... A 19-year-old girl shacks up with a 20-year-old boy. Fine. They're Jewish. Two years later, they leave. They want, she goes here. They're there. Fine. She becomes a Balat Shiva. She's now 29 in Yerushalayim, getting married. Hey, wait a minute. Ain't of them a Sebilat Bilat Snud. You slept around with three Jewish men before. Did you get a get? You with me? Follow the problem? Ain't no dama sebilata bilasnut you should get slow to Kesef Shta Ubiya. Wow. And yet we passed in La Halacha today. Tremendous Makhoikit, a guy named Rakefit spent two years on this topic. Wait a minute, I could be your father wrote it up. Uh, take a look in volume uh, three of uh, Rakafet Aaron. Could be your father wrote it up, volume three, and also a part of volume four. I only regret, you know, it never dawned upon me. I should have put your father's name on the outside of volume three. Edited on the outside, not just the title page. Apologize to him. It never, never Yaakov Weinstein, Rabbi Takti. Well, excuse me? I think he's okay with no, but let him know. Let him know. Did he see my piece on rabbinic authority? I got letters from Gedolei Yisrael called most important, not ever published, but it is an important work. Then I got jokers who said to me, Rebbe, you made up the story. You're talking about Washington with Rabbi Feldman near Yisrael. Now, I made... I said, no, it's just Minishamayim. The story out of the mid-80s is absolutely true. But it's unbelievable how I published it exactly at the minute that stupidity raises its ugly head again. You follow? Stupidity when lives of millions of Jews are involved. And you lose Olam Haba and you're proud of it. Look at the Rambam. But come back here. But you see, this is a real machloket between Rabbi Rachman and the Rav. And this is Rabbi Nasha Klein. If you take Rabbi Rachman's approach, then you can wind up. They had this baiting in Kew Gardens Hills where Yassi comes from. Do you remember the baiting? And they were, Mekach Tad, Mekach Tad. You're married, Kenny, you're married to this fancy lady. She makes... Ten thousand dollars a month, and you make ten thousand shekel. She comes to the bank, and if I would know that my husband would be so poor and so incapable, etc., I don't want to go on with this marriage. Mekach told he doesn't want to give again. She says Mekach the Rav, ontological, who is correct. And I asked, I asked the Baron, I said, Aaron, we see Chazaka change. No basin in the world today. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein led the fight against Rabbi Yosef Elio Henkin on, on Eino Domasa. Rabbi Henkin would claim that all these kids in Machon Mayer, 90% of them, I'm saying, you follow? It's a real problem. I got news for you. Kenny, I spoke with the Rav in, in 
1978, when I spent the Shabbat with him in Boston in 78, I knew a little bit how to learn. It wasn't the kid you see in the 50s sitting here, you know, frightened stiff of the rub. 78, I could talk already like a mensch. The rub agrees with Rav Hankin. I try to wear the rub down. I said, yeah, but the love, the marriage, that could be it. I said, no, maybe, or maybe you can, can sign you like it. Good girl. Can sign you like it. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But Rab Moshe, Rab Hafadja, many others, we were, we say, they had relations. It's not for marriage. This Chazaka doesn't apply today. Today a person takes his sexual life. Look at the Woodstock. Look what happened to your Shabbos Simchas Teirish Mnietzarit. What? That's not marriage. It's Woodstock. And that's why we say, all right, if you can't get a get from husband one and husband two and husband three, you were really never married, and we can Masada Kedushin Bekedusha Betara, which Shiva Yemen Mishta Balachuva Balachuva. This is this is Rabbi Nasha Klein here, and it's very powerful. Who is right? I'll tell you. Uh, my wife and I have often discussed the topic. My wife is very old-fashioned, very conservative, with a small C. She agrees wholeheartedly that Tavlamaitiv uh, Tum Meglamaitavaramola. But my wife had two aunts. These aunts were raised in America and uh, completely irreligious. Ah, laughed at their parents, you know, Europeans, Belzechsidim, from the Yalta Hain. And uh, they never married. They had many opportunities to marry. Oh, money, who needs children? And, and we became friendly with them again uh, when we were traveling and doing things for, in, uh, for Torah in America and Russian Jewry. So we would visit them. They were living in Florida, and we would be in Florida at least once a year. And uh, we would visit them. And we finally asked them, do you regret not marrying? And both of them said, absolutely we were young, we were stupid, we were rebellious. Follow me? So uh, I, I, I side with the Rav. And Rabbaran answered me that the Rav views Tavlamaitiv Tandu, Melamaitiv Amala, ontological. It's part of creation. Think about it. You have my full permission, Yassi? Discuss it with Tavlamaitiv. Okay? Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. But here you see, oh boy, does he get angry. And how dare you cite Yiftach HaGilady as a source? How Chazal looked down upon him. Okay. And that's Hebrew. It's beautiful. Ravaka Chamutsa. I remember my, my daughters in Chorev had one teacher who was 
a spinster. Not, and, and, and I remember meeting her, and I don't know, she told me off about something, I forget already what, and my wife said, only a, a spinster would have the guts to tell you off, you know, but it was in a nice way, nothing is terrible, I don't know, maybe I didn't encourage my daughters, enough. I don't know. And I want you to know, a famous person, I want to mention names from Agurit Yisrael, his wife died young, and he married her. And they lived happily ever after. They're not alive anymore. It's many years ago. But she finally got married. And, and wow, wow, wow. And, and then he says, and she, a woman wants to have children. And the concept of not having parental permission doesn't apply here. He quotes the Shulchan Aruch that I quoted to you from the Rav. Tzad the Gufa. And, and, and then he goes on and he's very powerful. You see, here he becomes, I would say, very understanding of the woman's position. It's not like we've seen in the past and we'll see in the future due to his personal life story, which I told in class. I can't repeat it again now. It would take too long. But... It's not, he has an understanding. There's not this anti-feminine personality. Here he understands the feminine personality. And he quotes the Benot Slavchad when the Pasik says, Latov be'einehem tiyelenashim tiyelenashim and and it's the woman has to marry whom she wants, whom she feels comfortable with. And the Nusach and the Tanayim, which no one writes anymore. It's, uh, I remember I, 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 one time I was Masadic edition, and it was they, uh, we did Tanayim, and a Rosh Yeshiva, I think from Shalavim, looked at me, wow, you understand all this? I said, look at me. When I was growing up, this was part of the course. You don't find Tanayim in, 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 in our circles today. You may find it in Haredi circles, but not, not because they're writing the Tanayim the night of the wedding. It doesn't make sense. Don't you do in the circles months before? There are reasons why. People, the army, people, so I don't want to spell it out. There are reasons why. I haven't seen Tanayim in ages already, and in, in weddings that I'm being Masada condition. But but because they're writing it the same night. You see, the Tanayim mean the money, the partnership, the dira. So in America, they do. They don't do it here. I haven't seen it here in ages. Oh. Okay, in Haredi circles, could be they do. I did Tanayim, but I did time a half year before the wedding. Here it's a half hour before the wedding, so it's a big difference. But he quotes from the Tanoim in our Nusach, we have the Shala Epia, the Umra Hain. And we asked her, she said yes. And it's up to the woman, it's not the parents, it's the woman, the man, the Chatan, the Kala. A cynic would say the victims, but I would rather say the great humans who understand the importance of marriage. 
and marriage, and again, we, we're suffering today. There's so much divorce and Torah circles. It's, to me, it's beyond comprehension. Marriage, you have to give of yourself. It's a partnership. And my grand, thank God, my grand, I always told my grandsons, if you get married, you have no opinion. Your opinion is whether we should bomb China. You have an opinion whether we should take Russia out with, with an atom bomb or something. But let, let your wife, the furniture, the food. The, the, and, and I got to say, my grandson says to me, I have to laugh. They, they listen. They're all happily married. I have one grandson, I remember if you offered him fish, he looked at you. If it's not meat, it's not a meal. Today, it's 10, 12 years after marriage. He's eating fish. Who wants meat? It's healthy. It's good. He, boy, oh boy, he's up to date. I said, boy, you got a smart wife. That's all I can say. And Max, you should know that I regret until today. If only I could speak to my mother-in-law, I would apologize. Two things I did that were wrong. One, she once served me fish, and I complained. I was an idiot. Fish. Today I don't eat fish. I don't look at me. The other thing I did was wrong. I put matzah into my soup. I didn't appreciate that. She's from a Hasidic background. She thinks it's chametz. My dear mother-in-law, the Vilna Gong, ate matzah fafel in his soup. Leo Haseda had a knedel on purpose. It's not wrong, but idiot. What am I going with a knife? Ich bin a Litvak, I'm a Litvak. I know what the locker is. I'm a Talmud of this one, that one, too. Today, I'm a Litvak. But I understand you're a Hasid. You come from a different background. To you, it's and Kenny, I can't win. I can't do it in front of my wife. She's married to me a lifetime. And I have to be careful if I sneak a little matzah into the soup. She shouldn't see. Quiet. Quiet. And, and he ends off the tshuva. See? He ends off the Aina of Yahol Noah at Bito Meli Sala Ish Kol Shahu Hagunla. Alright, now what he means by Hagun, I wish I could say, I'm not certain that Rabbanasha Klein was open minded enough to say, Yes, you're modern Orthodox. But she fell in love. She likes the Haredi lifestyle. Let her marry him. I hope he's open-minded to say <laughs> the opposite. That the girl comes from a Haredi home and she fell in love with a modern Orthodox guy. I hope he will also say, that's who you choose. He's a Shema Mitzvah, Hagunla. Okay, what's your problem, Ephraim? Nowhere in the truth does he talk about that. It's all about the fundamental that, that 
she has to she has to get married, she has to marry somebody she wants to. There's nothing there. Well no he anti-left or pro-right. No, he, he doesn't spell out. I'm only he does talk about it. At the end he's very strong and he rips the hell out. You see the language. Stark against that Haviamina Yiftachagiladi. But again, I can't be certain. I can understand taken from the modern Orthodox marrying a, a Haredi. What about the opposite? You follow? And that I can't be certain. That he, he says, Hagun, I hope, I hope I'm interpreting him correctly. I hope. This is a Lendorf. I have a, a very wonderful Balabas who he wrote a book about Baltimore. He writes about when he met Rabbi, Rabbi and Mrs. Malcolm and Aaron Rakefret and how much it means to him. Eli Schlesberg of Baltimore. He's the leading Balabas in all of Baltimore. Terrific individual. So he's fighting a battle that the Aguder and the Mizrahi element, they should join together. And he says, why you never has a problem? They'll invite people from Aguda to speak. But he wants Aguda to invite why you people to speak. And that will never be. You follow? And he and and I, and I tell him you, you're wasting your time. It's wasting your time. But he's he writes letters. He's terrific. But why you becoming in part of our good? No problem. I want to hear our good. We're going to invite Rabbi Heschel Shechter to speak. We're going to invite Rabbi Mordechai Willick to speak. We're going to invite Rabbi Yona Reese to speak. Okay. That's what I want to hear. But uh, I don't know. I can't be certain. Okay. Uh, I, I can tell you, look, I have, I have to be honest that uh, I was honored by Lakewood. I very much appreciate it. It was right before Corona, the last time we were in America, and uh, Aaron Cutler, and we spoke. And uh, I, I can tell you we had a, a moment of Giluya Liyahu. I've told this, I've told the story before, I'll tell it again, I'll tell it, I'll end off with it now. But it was an amazing moment. Why? Here I am, Malk and I, in Lakewood, uh, all the big shots from the administration, and Aaron Cutler was still the CEO, the legendary CEO, the grandson of Rabaran. And uh, they asked me to speak about a few things about what we've done in Russia. So I mentioned how we got to Russia the first time, January 1981, and I said, my first student in Russia, Loba Avizov, is my right hand today in Russian activities. And today you know him as Rabbi Aryeh Katsin. And uh, Aaron Cutler gets hysterical with joy. Rabbi Katsin, I know him, I've worked with him. Oh, you is a... Let's call him. So in front of everyone, you have to vision, vision the sight. And these people from Lakewood, some of them are looking at me, you know, who the hell is this monkey they're honoring? Uh, there were reasons why they did it. I've, I've definitely played a role with some Lakewood people who have questions, and I've kept them within not with that. You follow me, Yahushua? They shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So uh, they call, and you know, the American, the miracles of modern times, 
The phone rings Aryeh Katsin. Guess where he is? Where was Yomo born? Kiev, Ukraine. He's in Kiev, Ukraine, with a whole group of Russians from America, Rage, Russian-American Jewish experience, which he organized. And from there, they visit where they came from, their roots, and from there they come to Israel, to the Kotel. And, uh, and Aaron Cutler says to Rabbi Katsin, we have someone who says he knows you, mentions my name. You hear Rabbi Katsin from Kiev screaming, Haravra Kefet! Malka, oh, he is my Rebbe. He introduced me to Gemara. You don't know what he did for me. You don't know the Torah. He starts telling over what he heard from Jeremy in 1981. And these people there are fainting. So you see, at that moment, they had appreciation for a YU guy, Talmud of the Rav, Baruch Hashem. We built Torah. Torah Hashem to me. Kenny, tomorrow you're going to have me speak on this topic. I've gotten two questions. You're not going to see Rakefet as being too open-minded. Tomorrow I'm going to be sharp like a knife. But uh, all of it is true. Today and tomorrow. I contradict myself. Life is filled with contradictions. My dear students, first of all, I want to thank my two wonderful guests from Yeshiva Shalavim. Ah, it gives me great joy. We began BMT. We didn't realize how we were changing the world. When you go back to Shalavim, tell them to put a picture on the wall of Rabbi Moshe Horowitz, and they can have the original faculty of BMT, 1969. You can put my picture there too, with the faculty. Ten students, not all are alive, unfortunately, today. Ellie Weinstein's uncle was one, it's his uncle or great uncle, no, I think it's his great uncle, was one of my students, 69, Michael Fould, Zichon Levracha. Do you remember Michael Fould from Kew Gardens Hills, uh, Yossi? He was one of the ten original students of BMT that changed the world, and that's how... Two wonderful men from Shalavim are sitting here. Follow? Be Makia Don't be like the people in Maplewood who don't know who Rothkopf is from a hole in the ground. On the other hand, Rakefit says, that's life. Rothkopf, forget about it. You're gone, and they're gone, and no one knows what went on in 62 through 69 in Maplewood, New Jersey. So we finished out this chuva. It's a fascinating chuva. There is so much in it that you can pick out, touching upon so many modern problems. Halacha lemaisa, don't let your parents interfere with the shidduch. If this is who you want to marry, and remember the tshuva from Rav Moshe Feinstein, which I quoted last week, go for it. Hagun. Matim, go for it. Oh. Gentlemen, oh man, we're continuing, continuing along the same path, husband-wife relations. I wouldn't miss next Monday's shear 
for all the bullets that are being manufactured at this moment so we should no longer be dependent upon America and have Biden waving our tail. And I came back to what I said an hour and a half ago or more than an hour and a half ago already. They can attack us on Shabbat Yom Kippur, Shabbat Simchas Teirik, but Chas Chalila we should fight during Ramadan. Boy, perverted minds filled with enmity towards the Jewish people. And if I hear that you guys wind up back in the Golah for good, I'm not going to be that happy. We need you here. Yomo, my dear students, I wouldn't miss tomorrow morning. Shir, we're going to be flying in outer space. I have, wow, you'll see tomorrow. Uh, 9 a.m., right here. Uh, Yoshua, your question I will deal with tomorrow along with another question I received, and I've dealt with it in the past. I'll deal with it again. There's Rat Hashem. Yomo, and open it up to the world. Recording stopped. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Ephraim? Common in terms of... Well, wait, one second, Ephraim. Just a second, I think. In terms of your lament that the Gouda is not recognizing uh, Rav Schechter, but it, had, it wasn't always that way. I mean, you just have to go back to, I think it's the 1970s. A Jewish Observer um, published uh, Rabbi Land's uh, uh, articles, and Rabbi Land is certainly not to the, I, as far as I can remember, was not to the right of uh, Rav Schechter. Yeah, I don't recall Jewish Observer publishing Rabbi Lamb, but all right, halavai, halavai, hala. But uh, with Rabbi Feldman on the Mertzat Yadolia Torah and uh, Rabbi Surutskin and uh, some other individuals and Rabbi Cutler, uh, uh, I don't see this happening in our times. And more than that, there's going to be a very big explosion here in Israel. And uh, I don't see how we're going to crawl out of it in one piece. But uh, let it be right now. I'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay, but uh, if you're right, I, uh, you know what? Go online. You can find Jewish Observer online. Print out the article you're referring to or give me a link to it and I'll print it out. My best to find, to okay, if, either, either that or I'll find out who my family actually still has Okay, fine. Okay, fine. No, no, it's online. All the Jewish Observer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. I've printed out articles. It's terrific. Okay. And who started to ask me something? Maybe it's me. What you just said, um, you know, whenever Bush, I remember, was going to war in Afghanistan, Iraq, they were also saying, oh, it's Ramadan, Ramadan. But uh, the Yom Kippur War was on Ramadan. They call it, and the, the Arabs call it the Ramadan War. Aha. Shamati. Shamati. How are your parents? How is everyone on your end? Oh good, yeah, yeah. You know, my father had a little thing, but he's fine. They they let him go. Your father and, had uh, what? Uh, uh, I had a little medical thing, but he's fine. It was uh, I, and uh, yeah, they're uh, they're good. Send they're, they're them. Send best regards, send best regards. I often think of them, all right, and color convoed. You're, you're suffering more than anyone, like I suffer. You're right above the Prime Minister. I'm right below the... I'm actually closer than you are, unfortunately. We, we, we moved to Al-Kharizi two blocks away, so it's a lot quieter. Oh, wait, you moved to Al-Kharizi. 
Wait yeah. one second. Where's Al Kharisi? I'm trying to think. It, it's it's an air. It, it starts at Ramban and it loops around to Sishkin. So we're by Rabbi Benel. We're by Benel. Aha, aha. Very nice, very nice. So it's, it's, it's much quieter. So much correct. Last week. I mean, it's, uh, correct, yeah. correct. Are there any other questions? Okay. okay. And uh, I want to thank everyone for joining me and honoring me with their presence. And Vyazrat Hashem will pick up tomorrow morning until we meet again in health and happiness. Rakbasoratovat Dasvidanya. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? The father frees the slave for the daughter. What was the purpose of freezing, freeing the slave? To marry the daughter? To marry. No, no, to marry. That's what the Medrash says. That just as you can free the slave to make a minion, you can free the slave to marry your daughter. And the medrash says encourage it. I mean, it's a very powerful medrash. And and that's remarkable. I can't hear what you're saying. It's remarkable. It's freeing a slave. Remarkable. It's a, a very powerful medrash. And uh, you see the medrash, it's unbelievable. And, and that's Rabbanashi Klein's unique individuality that he'll quote a medrash like that and turn it into halacha. You follow? It's not something that you're going to see elsewhere. All right, Baruch Hashem, we had a, a, a bigger crowd on the screen, but not by much. We, uh, tomorrow we generally have more of Rabbi Bednash give sheer on Monday, then there are more people that make the trip in, instead of the screen. But you follow, they make the cheshman. They come for one class alone, it's not Kedai. Two classes already. Matag, Hashem.